if we were at the brink of catastrophe at the beginning of the year, we have walked some substantial distance back from the abyss. Hello and welcome to NPR's Planet Money. I'm David Kestenbaum. And I'm Hannah Joffe-Walt. Today is Monday, July 20th. That was Larry Summers, the director of President Obama's National Economic Council. You heard at the top there. All right. On the show today, we are going to be talking about donuts. That's right. Boston creams, old fashions, chocolate glazed. But you don't get your donut yet. You have to wait because first we have our Planet Money indicator and it is $3 billion. That apparently is the size of the loan being extended to CIT Group. CIT is the small business lender that may or may not be too big to fail. Yeah, and CIT is one of those names that's been in the news a lot recently. It might be one of those companies you never heard of until all of a sudden it's everywhere, and it is in danger of going into bankruptcy. So that is, you know, leaving us all here to wonder if the government will step in yet again and just how it decides who to rescue and who to let fail. But instead, today, we have news reports that the bondholders are going to come to the rescue. They do not want CIT to go into bankruptcy because they're worried they will lose money on those bonds. So they have given CIT a $3 billion loan. Okay. Now can we do the donuts? Yeah, we can do the donuts. But, okay, listeners, we are not going to tell you what the story is yet. You have to guess. Yes, but I I do think we should just say... I promise this will help you understand one of those business stories that you glance at, you maybe even read the whole thing, and you sort of get it, or you pretend to get it, now you will. Okay, let's begin here. Imagine a world without donuts. Let me just pause here, because I know that's a staggering thought. A world without donuts. Our intern, Matt Katz, he was trying, just trying to imagine this possibility, He went to the Dunkin' Donuts around the corner from our New York offices at 46 in Madison, and he ran into two people, Janelle Bukeri and Nina Batali. I'm drinking a coffee colada. Regular coffee with skim milk. And do you guys go to Dunkin' Donuts pretty often? Very often, every day. Yep, every day. What would you do if you woke up one morning and and this Dunkin' Donuts and all the Dunkin' Donuts weren't here? Oh, God. (laughs) I cry. I cry. So would I. I cry, really. I cry. Where, where would you go for your coffee? A crappy deli. <laughs> wow, and not a word about the donuts. <laughs> Ladies, you are messing with our storyline here. But all right, the point here is that the plentiful supply of donuts in this country of ours and coffee in this country depends on not just sugar, not just coffee beans. It depends on financing. So if I open a Dunkin' Donuts franchise and I have to put in, I don't know, I have to put in tables and I need chairs, I got to buy that display case, I got to take out a mortgage, and that probably means a loan. Which brings us to listeners, can you guess, maybe you guessed, it brings us right back to where we started, the Planet Money Indicator, CIT. So tricky. Okay, so Dunkin' Donuts (laughs) is one of the many companies that depends on CIT. If you go to their website, they actually have this page trumpeting how they've been helping the donut people. They've been providing $2 billion in loans to franchisees. So Janelle and Nina, they love Dunkin' Donuts. David, clearly CIT is too big to fail. We need donuts. 
Well, that, in any sense, in a kind of in some sort of twisted nutshell, is the position the government was in. CIT is not as big as some of the other financial institutions, but thousands and thousands of small and medium businesses depend on CIT. So Dunkin' Donuts, the company, is huge, but the folks who operate the individual stores, the franchises, those are small and medium businesses. Yeah, and it's not just donuts. CIT also loans to restaurants and clothing manufacturers and a ton of companies. There's a sleeping bag maker in Los Angeles that gets financing from CIT. So the question here is, you know, the government has kept big Wall Street firms from failing, and now they have this smaller institution. It's an institution that, you know, kind of helps the little guys. So do you let it fail? And to find out more about this company that loans money to donut stores and other places. We talked to Bill Dunkelberg, who has many hats. I'm a professor of economics and former dean of the business school at Temple. I am chairman of the board of Liberty Bell Bank, which is a little New Jersey bank. I am chairman of the Global Independence Center, chief economist for the National Federation of Independent Business, and economic strategist for Benning and Scattergood. Okay, that's a lot of titles. We are interested in the second to last hat he's wearing today, though, the chief economist with the National Federation of Independent Businesses. Dunkelberg says CIT does all kinds of lending to small businesses, and it lends in ways you probably have never heard of. There's this thing called factoring, and it's not what the math teacher made you do in fifth grade. It's a kind of lending where, let's say, I make yo-yos and I ship yo-yos out to some toy store, but I don't get paid immediately by the toy store. So CIT will advance me the money so I can pay my yo-yo factory employees, and then CIT actually goes and collects the money from the toy store that owes me. CIT also does capital lending. That is, it'll you know kind of make you a business mortgage to buy your facility. and So they provide all kinds of financing to really hundreds of thousands of small businesses. And some of them are not so small, but uh, they have some pretty well-known clients, apparently. And so what has the problem been for CIT? Is it just that these small businesses are, are, are failing? Well, the problem for CIT uh, is it's just not one problem. One, obviously, is the problem that everyone has, and that is uh, not everybody's paying their debts as fast as they were a year or two ago. Uh, and I'm sure some of the... the uh, some of their customers are, are going bankrupt, as is true for all the banks and financial institutions out there. Uh, the second problem is that I think uh, back in 03, 04, they ventured into some of the subprime and uh, student loan areas, which have become very troublesome. So that hasn't worked out so very well. But I found this interesting. So student loans and subprime loans, you hear that, that sounds sort of like what a bank does, Right. Um, so we're going to get to that in a second, why CIT got into this stuff. But let's just sort of make clear what's happened here. So one example of how CIT got to this point, it's, you know, not a great time for donuts. There aren't as many Janelles and Ninas buying Boston creams and coffees. Um, so some Dunkin' Donuts are struggling, and they already owe CIT money just because of the way that the system works. And in the last couple of months, Operators for Dunkin' Donuts stores in New York and South Carolina and Nevada and Florida have filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, I pulled up one of the bankruptcy filings, and it says here that this one operator owes CIT $25 bucks. Right, and that's a lot of money, and that's, of course, not all that's going on for CIT, but that's that hurts them. It's one of the many reasons that it's struggling now. So it's been trying to deal with that, and they tried to go down the same road that a lot of these too-big-to-fail companies did. They converted to become a bank-holding company. So like Goldman Sachs, like GMAC, they were all thinking the same thing. They were thinking, 
if I'm a bank, okay, I'll, the government will regulate me a little bit more, but then I can get access to all of these government lending programs, which seem to be helping people out a lot, and that will help me. So I just looked up the CIT press release from that moment when it became a bank holding company, and the chairman and CEO, Jeffrey Peake, is quoted as saying, here's a quote, Today's announcement is an inflection point in CIT's 100-year history. And by inflection point, it's a fancy way of saying turning point, and whichever word you use, that is not what happened. CIT's troubles got worse. Um, It received $2.3 billion in TARP money, but it still needed to raise more cash. So it got to this moment where we had this question, does the government still keep giving money to this company? Is it too big to fail? Is it so important to the global economy that we just need to save it? And at this moment, CIT tried to do what other banks had done. It tried to get the FDIC to help out, to say, if you someone out there loans CIT money, it's okay. We, will, we, the FDIC, will guarantee it. And this was a critical thing. In fact, it was one of the main reasons for converting to a bank holding company in the first place. But it did not come to pass. They were trying to get permission to issue FDIC-insured debt, which, you know, which Bank of America and Citicorp and Goldman and, I mean, Goldman probably made, you know, Three quarters of a billion dollars with the, just with that nice uh, lower interest rate you can borrow money at when you have a government guarantee. Do you think that's fair? Uh, you know, I teach my students the, you know, that fair has no meaning. It's in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> it's certainly a lot of taxpayer subsidies been going out the door here, and uh, I mean, we paid fifty billion dollars to keep a few jobs at uh, G- GM. And we'll never get our money back there. I mean, GM's market value would have to be larger than it's ever been at any time in the past for the the uh, taxpayer to even hope to be getting their money back on that deal. So without so saying it, it would you... only take it a few billion to do CIT, not 50. <laughs> you, you feel like it would have been reasonable to give CIT the same uh, additional aid? Well, you know, I don't know if it had been reasonable or not. I don't know enough about their fragility. You can't just put uh, FDIC guarantees on anything. Uh, so I really don't know, you know enough about the financials to really say that. I, I, all I would observe is that the precedents there, lots of other finance companies like GE Capital and GMAC got lots of support. Uh, so the precedent is there, and I was just up to the regulators to decide whether or not this was an appropriate move. So the FDIC thing did not happen, and we were set up for another of these games of chicken. Does the Treasury Department step in now? Is CIT too important to fail, too important to go into the messy business of bankruptcy? Where do you draw the line? Treasury Secretary Tim Geithner was asked about it last week, and he said Treasury had the tools it needed, but then he gave this cryptic answer. He said, quote, I'm actually pretty confident in that context we have the authority and the ability to make sensible choices. (laughs) Okay, and the government gets to leave the answer to that one blank, at least for the moment. Dunkelberger says that uh, if you just put aside the question of, of fairness, this the fact that CIT got helped out by the bondholders, that is good news. Uh, it means you know these problems are working themselves out without help from the government, and uh, this is the way things used to be, and it's a sign that the markets are healthier than, than they have been recently. Yeah, I guess. But unemployment is still high. Businesses are, you know, still having a really hard time paying down debt. So, David, I think we can probably say that CIT is out of the woods, totally safe, at least for the rest of today. If not, we're going to have to fix this podcast, you know.
<laughs> yeah, I, I think we need to finish right now so that we're still right. Okay, well then I guess for today we can say that is it for Planet Money. We got this cool email from Derek Bostrom. His grandfather ran CIT's Phoenix office in the 1960s and 70s. And Derek found these pictures in an old scrapbook. They're ads for CIT financing highways in Arizona. He's even got this article about the hairstyles the women who worked for CIT at the time were wearing. So we, of course, were anxious to share them with you. And they are on our blog, npr.org slash money. I'm David Kestenbaum. And I'm Hannah Jaffe-Walt. Thanks for listening.